This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Settle down with his padre and madre. He will fence them out and drive them out and chase them out forever. A chill is in the night air, pearls on the ground, bad books. For beginners, loading down bad books for beginners, bad books for beginners, bad books for beginners, loading down. Hello, and welcome to this edition of TBU's Bat Books for Beginners, episode 190. My name is Jerry. And I'm Chris. And we are your hosts. On Bat Books for Beginners, we will examine story arcs with Batman and related characters. We'll give you the historical background of the book, break down the plot and the art, and give you our opinions so you can decide for yourself if they're worth a read. Today's Bat Book Chris and I are covering is Catwoman, The Long Road Home. Chris, tell us a little bit about this book. Thank you very much, Jerry. Ah, I love me some eagles. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, yeah very nicely done, Jerry. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Hello, Batfans. Thank you very much for downloading and spending a part of your day with us today. Catwoman, The Long Road Home is a 128-page softcover trade paperback. Hey, it's in full color. Mm. And it had a cover price of $17.99 USD and appears to have only gone through one printing. Mm -hmm. This book collected the individual issues of Catwoman, Volume 3, Numbers 78 through 82, which were cover dated June 2008 through October 2008. And those issues each had a cover price of $2.99. 
The individual issues appear to be available on Comixology. If you're interested in obtaining the hard copy of the story, getting the trade paperback would be the cheaper route to go, as I saw online vendors selling copies from around $6 to $9, which appears to be a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. For our creative team, as usual, I'll go off my memory and online resources. Our writer is Will Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer is 51 years old and a native of Niles, Ohio. He currently resides in the Rockford, Illinois area and is a huge film and movie fan. His first comic work was for DC's Vertical title called Finals, and that was illustrated by Jill Thompson, and I have to confess I'm not familiar with it. I first encountered Pfeiffer when he wrote a book called Hero, an updated and heavier take on the Dial H for Hero comics that some older DC fans may be familiar with. It only ran for 22 issues, but I thought this was an excellent series. He then worked on Swamp Thing and Aquaman with a notable Sub Diego storyline. He also worked on Demon, an Amazon Attacks miniseries, Blue Beetle, Red Hood and the Outlaws, and the Teen Titans. David Lopez was the penciler, and Alvaro Lopez was the inker. David Lopez may be best known for co-creating the first volume of the Fallen Angel comic book miniseries, which had a decent fan following. Most recently, he worked on the all-new Wolverine title for Marvel Comics. Hmm. I wasn't able to find much on Alvaro Lopez, but apparently there is no relation. Other than he's recently done some inking chores on several Marvel titles, including Doctor Strange and a recent Royals title featuring the Inhumans for Marvel Comics. Adam Hughes was the cover artist. Hughes is 51 years old, and he's a native of New Jersey, and he presently resides in Atlanta. Uh, Politely put, Adam Hughes draws beautiful women, or draws women beautifully, depending on how you look at it. (laughs) We won't cover any controversy or any polarizing subject matter on our show, but one of Hughes' more notable works was a 2008 Real Power of the DC Universe poster depicting the women of the DC Universe wearing gowns and formal attire. I think it's fair to say that Hughes primarily does cover artwork. However, in 2016, he did the writing and artwork for the Archie title Betty and Veronica. And that was only three issues, and I don't think there are any issues more forthcoming. Over on Amazon.com, this trade has a rating of four out of five stars. However, this was based on two reviews. And one of the reviews, being a five-star review, based it only on how fast the shipping was. (laughs) Okay, now over on Goodreads.com, this book has a rating of 3.6 stars out of five based on 120 ratings and 10 reviews. Uh, But before you stop listening, I urge you to stay and listen to Jerry's recap and try to guess just how will Jerry and I rate this trade paperback. And with that, I shall turn it back over to you, Jerry. Let the mystery begin. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. So we're going to talk about this story after a few messages from some of our friends. When you talk about comics, does it sound something like this? Look, you can't put the Superman number 77s with the 200s. They haven't even discovered red kryptonite yet. And you you can't put the number 98s with the 300s. Lori the Morris hasn't even been introduced. Or maybe it sounds a little more... Like this. You think Mighty Mouse could beat up Superman? What are you, cracked? Why not? I saw the other day he was carrying five elephants in one hand. Boy, you don't know nothing. Mighty Mouse is a cartoon. Superman is a real guy. No way a cartoon could beat up a real guy. Yeah, maybe you're right. Would be a good fight, though. Hello, I am the constantly caffeinated Clinton Robinson, and my comics discussions can go to both extremes, but generally fall somewhere in between. On the Coffee and Comics podcast, I will review comic stories and other comics-related topics that can be enjoyed over a cup of coffee. 
So pour the coffee or other beverage of choice and join me on the Coffee and Comics Podcast, available on iTunes and coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com. Welcome back. So here's the story of Catwoman, The Long Road Home. Catwoman is trapped on Hell Planet, along with a lot of other supertypes. She's attacked by Hammer and Sickle, two Russian baddies. Boris and Natasha. Oh, yes. Very good. <laughs> Catwoman knows that Lex Luthor knows how to get them back to Earth, but he's a notorious USA patriot and won't likely help the two Russians. She says that if they help her, she'll put in a good word for them. She's pulling their leg a little, but they agree. Selena is attacked by Cheetah. The two fight, and Selena beats her with one of Joker's exploding cigars. So a literal cat fight. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> kitty against kitty. Selena and presumably the others on Hell Planet are transported back to Earth via what we think maybe is a boom tube, or if not, it's some kind of transport mechanism. Slam Bradley is looking for Selena and her kid, who's also Slam's granddaughter. He interrogates Repro, who's a blonde college guy, and can reproduce himself, though he has to concentrate. Slam thinks he has Repro under control, but the copies attack him. Repro takes Slam to where he says he last saw Selena, but it's a trap. He attacks Slam with a bunch of his copies. Selena, back on Earth now, finds Slam when he's being attacked and turns off the lights so she can fight the Repro men in the dark. She defeats them. We are back down to the original one Repro. They take Repro back to Slam's office where she explains to Slam what happened. People had been attacking her, and she put her child in danger by being Catwoman. So she gave the baby up for a super secret adoption with the help of the Wayne Foundation. Selena wants to know about Repro and his partner, the thief, whom she suspects was causing her problems back when she had Helena. She puts Slam's gun to Repro's head, but a bunch of his copies burst in the room. Repro gets the gun and shoots Selena. Repro and his copies leave Slam's office. Selena had slipped blanks into the gun, however, and it was all a trick. So she follows Repro to the thief. Repro heads to the thief's house. The thief shoots Repro and leaves to dispose of his body. Selena breaks into his office to see what he's up to. She follows him as he breaks into a rich man's house to steal art. Catwoman breaks his glasses so he can't see. He shoots her, and she runs, and he follows. But it's all a trap. Selena set up a tripwire, and it pulls down a huge mirror on top of him. She proceeds to beat the stuffing out of him, and also sent the pics of him disposing of Repro's body to the GCPD. She leaves him in the house and follows him home when he leaves. When he gets home, she sets off explosives blowing up his apartment. Also, the GCPD arrive and arrest him. Nobody steals from Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good advice. Selena goes on a robbery spree. She steals paintings, cop cars, and causes general havoc around Gotham. She visits Calculator, and he has a painting he wants her to steal for her. She's going to get big bucks for this. She goes to the rich guy's beautiful penthouse, where he's having a costume party, where the theme is superheroes. She goes with her costume as Catwoman. Appropriate. Absolutely. <laughs> she gets into the party and finds the painting, and it turns out it is a painting by Adolf Hitler. She steals it, but there is a super guy there, Ubermensch. He's a Nazi-type Superman kind of character. She contacts Calculator and says the big guy is her problem. If she wants to make her money, she's going to have to deal with it. 
She says she wants her money now before she defeats him. Calculator reluctantly wires the sum to her account. Once she verifies the transfer, she kicks Ubermensch in front of an oncoming subway car. She then throws the painting in the river. Batman catches up to her. He says that she's out of control and needs to stop. She makes him chase her as she parkours around Gotham. She explains that she's in a bad place after giving up Helena. They kiss. They fight. They kiss. They fight. He says that she could have left Gotham with Helena, but gave her up and said, she's angry about this, but realizes that he's right. That she is Catwoman at heart, and that Batman, better than anyone, should understand that. She steals the Batmobile and races away from Batman. The end. So Chris and I are going to talk about our feelings for this story after these words from some of our friends. Hello, I'm Pat Sampson, and I would like to invite you to join me on my podcast, The Longbox Crusade. On this podcast, I'm reading through my 20-plus longboxes that I have stored away in my basement. On each episode, I will select a random issue from my collection and take a very highbrow, thoughtful approach to examining these truly American art forms that help to shape our popular culture. Oh, I like comics, too. Uh, can I get a comic out of my long box that syncs up with the month and year of the comic from your long box and chat about that, too? Oh, oh and video games. Can we talk about games? Or, or maybe James Bond, too. I love James Bond. <sighs> Fine. Jared Elbrick, a.k.a. the Yard Sale Artist. We can add some of your comics and enthusiasm to the show. It might help get a deeper introspection of... Did someone say James Bond? I love James Bond, and I love comics, too. I can bring a comic from my long box to sync up with you guys. I also love movies and music, even news stories that tie into the time period that match the comic books we review. Uh, this is what I get for inviting both the Albrecht brothers into my show. Jason, how the heck can we fit all that into my deeply intellectual review of... Well, you know what? Fine. Let's do it. Let's cram it all into one podcast. Join us on the Longbox Crusade, folks. We'll bounce around in time from issue to issue, pulled randomly from my longboxes, and the Albrecht Brothers will bring along issues with the same month and year cover date. We'll talk about the comics and the time period they come from, including... World news of that time. Top 40 music chart toppers. Movies, both good and bad. Maybe even some favorite recipes. Whatever I think is funny. We'll probably have to suffer through things that Jared thinks are funny. We'll jam it all into one pop culture extravaganza, examining the comics in my longbox and the time period surrounding them. Join us for a wild ride through time on the Longbox Crusade podcast as we attempt to read them all. What's in your longbox? Welcome back. Okay, Chris, what'd you think? Well, Jerry, I'll start with some of the positives. Uh, the art was nice in some places. I thought the panel layout was very masterfully done, especially in the opening issue where we had a nice Cheshire grin from Selena that takes up just one whole oh, full yeah. panel. And how clever is it that we get a Catwoman cheetah battle? And if you ever wanted yeah. a true cat fight with some of the women in the DCU, well, there you have it. Uh, we didn't mention earlier, you know, I just kind of glanced on uh, Adam Hughes doing the cover artwork. I mm-hmm. thought they were beautifully rendered. Uh, not, not pertaining to the story themselves, but there was a lot of great stuff there. Mm-hmm. 
<sighs> now let's see. What I'm trying on. to think of another positive. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, the bad cat confrontation in the end, I thought that was very uh, touching in a way. And I, when we have the two together, I could just really sense the chemistry mm-hmm. and the tension. This was a good dynamic and a good mix. Yeah. She steals the utility belt. How classic Catwoman is that? <laughs> that said, I, I, I'm running out of positives really, mm-hmm. really fast here. Uh, I, I don't care for the slam Bradley stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Will Pfeiffer has done better work. Not that this wasn't terribly bad, but it just didn't really engross me. So those were my initial impressions. Uh, we'll kind of pick it apart a little bit. Jerry, I'm going to turn it back to you. What were you thinking? Okay, well, you mentioned Slam Bradley, and, and Slam Bradley kind of looks to me like Dick Tracy's kind of roughed-up brother. You know, just kind of a a hard-headed cop. And I, I, I like him as a character. I don't think he's played too well here. Um, he, he, Repro keeps tricking him. He keeps yes. falling for the same trick. Jerry, I think he was even drawn in a 40s cartoonish style almost. Yeah. It looked like the artwork was sort of like a drop-off. It mm-hmm. looked like we're, we're going into some kind of uh, weird poor man's Mickey Spillane territory yeah. uh, every time he came on. It, it just seemed characteristic and cartoonish mm-hmm. in a kind of a sad way, and it took me out of the story every time he appeared. Yeah, yeah. And usually I like Slam Bradley, but here I don't think he was he was put together the best in this story. Um, Hammer and Sickle and Cheetah, the whole Hell Planet thing is, they're all dropped from the story immediately. You know, it seems like we're being set up for one story and then all of a sudden they're transported off the planet somehow. Um, and it's not really clear how I'm assuming it's a boom tube because it says boom, you know, when, when they're being transported away. But the setup for this is really kind of non-existent. They just, oh, okay. Selena's back on earth. Um, and I think that was a missed opportunity. I think they missed a couple of panels. They didn't get the yeah, shot. Yeah, that, that's one thing where we could have benefited from some type of editorial note, which would not have necessarily taken anybody out of the story of the book. Uh, Salvation Run was a seven-issue DC miniseries, ran mm-hmm. from 2007 to 2008. Uh, it was sort of based on an idea by George R. R. Martin where you had all the villains on one planet. They were captured by the Suicide Squad and you see all these villains try to break into alliances alliances, and find, trying to find a way to escape the prison. Mm-hmm. So interesting premise, but uh, ultimately I, I don't know how fondly it's remembered. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't remember it at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, and there's a couple of things here. I, like you mentioned, the, the interaction between Selena and Batman at the end is great. You know, it really is. I, I'm a big fan of the, them as a couple. Um, they're kind of one of the main kind of pillars for me of the Bat family. And, and I think that that interface, the, between them is good. It's a lot of talking though. She's explaining herself instead of showing. So it's a little bit, um, you know, the exposition is a little weak in that, in that standpoint. And her characterization in the story, you know, she's very tricky, right? She tricks, um, Hammer and Sickle and she uses Joker's cigar to defeat Cheetah and she tricks Repro somehow, you know, sneaking in the um you know the blanks instead of the gun and she tricks the thief and she's just you know she tricks batman and 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 that's okay but it's kind of you know she's treated almost like a in some ways like a godlike figure right like like batman like she prepared everything in advance and she had all this plotted out and it just seems a little bit of a stretch especially with the blanks that she was able to find his gun 
replaced the bullets with blanks while Slam and Repro were in the room watching her, right? Um, it just seemed a little bit of a stretch to me. I don't know if you, if you thought that was unusual. I took it for face value. There were some moments where I thought it was pleasantly depicted. Uh, she's smart. She's sexy. She's outthinking everybody that's around her, which is good. I like that. But after a while, you know, th- there, there got to be a realm of, uh, plausibility mm-hmm. and we're getting to be a little bit too much one note on this piano here. Yeah. Uh, which was a little difficult because I, I think Pfeiffer was trying to go somewhere and it didn't, it just didn't quite land, I think, uh, mm-hmm. as, as possibly intended, which was sort of a, a shame because Jerry, I know you have a love for this character. I have a love for this character. Mm-hmm. I, I, when we get into, fandom with respect to this character i'm going on a tangent that i was saving for later in the show but i'll 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 glance upon it here ultimately catwoman fans love catwoman and they just want that depiction of selena as they have it in their in their mind and and we want we want the trueness of the character to ring through and sometimes a little bit of vulnerability and it it just wasn't quite there Mm -hmm. and if it was there it was misplaced in some of the places where i did i didn't want to see it or an uncalled for in a situation Ah, tough 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 it was it was a tough read in places yeah well and and she definitely seemed pretty unconcerned about people getting killed Um, yes like repro um he, she kind of set him up to get shot, and then once he wa- once he was killed, she's now just going to follow the thief around to you know see where she he buried the body, uh, and um, also Ubermensch, you know, kicking him in front of the subway. I presume he was killed. I don't know. You know, it's a comic. Um, you know, comics killed, right? Whatever yes. that means. Um, but she just didn't seem to have any kind of respect for life i mean i know she's a you know anti-hero and can sometimes go on to the bad side but it just seemed to be a little uh, a little much in this case i agree jerry were there any things you liked about it did anything stand out to you did you like the artwork mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to find some positives here but before because i feel like i'm just so i'm being very very negative on on this one yeah i i think that it was uh, the positive for me was the inter- interaction between her and Bruce um, as Batman, you know, where she was kind of, you know, she's struggling here, right? She's in a tough spot and she's upset about losing Helena and, you know, giving him away and just her whole situation and coming to terms with who she is. I think, you know, from that standpoint, it's a good follow on to some of the stories that have led up to this. I do not think that this is, you know, this is not a standalone story in any stretch of the imagination, right? If I would not, you know, recommend this as somebody's first introduction into, you know, this kind of, uh, this period of time. Um, it's, it's just, there just isn't enough, you know, this story, all the different stories here are kind of continuations or, you know, um, you know, progress of other stories that were happening elsewhere. And those other stories were all better, in my opinion, than this one. Fair point. Well, with that, I, th- I think you kind of alluded to yeah. where you're going to go with this as far as the rating. I think I have, too, if we were listening carefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, shall we steer to this point with the ratings, Jerry? Sure. I would bring this in at around two and a half batarangs. Not, it's not a bad, bad story. You know, there's nothing 
you know, I, I, but I struggled with giving this a 2.0, um, uh, be, just because of the, especially because of the confusion with the boom tube transportation at the beginning. I love Selena, but she's really all over the place here. You know, she's in a bad place, but she's, you know, behaving erratically, even for a comic book character and just too much left unexplained and just a mishmash of stories, odds and ends, um, for me. How about yourself? Jerry, I have the benefit that I saw your initial 2.0 before I even revealed my score. Mm-hmm. And I was at a 2.5 mm-hmm. initially. But considering it, uh, you know, and, and listening to what you said, I think a part of you almost swayed me to go down to the 2.0. Mm. Uh, th- there were things that just didn't click for me here. Mm. If a 2.5 is to be considered average, I have to say, well, this was slightly below average. Mm. There were some elements I like. As you mentioned, the Bat-Cat confrontation in the end was was nice in some moments. Mm -hmm. Uh, The artwork was good in a lot of places. I thought we had very well-depicted action fights. Mm -hmm. I thought we had some interesting uh, minor characters that were good to see. Mm -hmm. But when this finally settles i i don't think this is going to be considered a memorable run for this character and which is unfortunate because i think this is going to be the last time we look at the catwoman title in our in our show bad books for beginners until the unforeseen future anyway Uh, and i i you we we interact with catwoman fans i certainly interact with catwoman fans and I think it comes ultimately down to uh, people who remember the Chuck Dixon, Jim mm-hmm. Ballant run, and people who like the Ed uh, Brubaker stuff. And Alan Cook. It's it's thank you, and it's it's interesting to see because I think even within that dynamic, I think there's a bit of polarization. I think the uh, Brubaker fans are similarly dismissive of of the Dixon and Ballant run simply mm-hmm. because of Ballant's artwork, mm-hmm. which is a shame. But I think uh, I think it's almost. The balance stuff is a little more revered than the Brubaker fans think, mm-hmm. and uh, I have to just put that out there from from where I sit mm-hmm. because we like Selena Kyle, yes, but I just don't know if this Will Pfeiffer run is going to be fondly remembered. I, I think he's a talented writer. Mm-hmm. I certainly would, as previously stated on past shows, I'd, I'd highly recommend his uh, Hero and Aquaman stories mm-hmm. because they are imaginative, there's complexity, there's great characterization in in both of those works. He is a much better writer than I think was depicted here. Mm -hmm. I think we have some things going on with a little bit of editorial mandate, Mm -hmm. uh, some mopping up with the Salvation Run thing, which which is kind of murky. Anytime you read a trade that's tied into another book, you you get a little bit of fallout. and You you have to have at least one to two issues to clean up uh, – a mess or a resolution mm-hmm. and, and to kind of reestablish the character. A lot of things were unfortunate. Uh, the Slam Bradley character, for me, I, I always saw him as a standalone detective. I, mm-hmm. I kind of didn't like it when he interacted with Selena. That's, that's my opinion. So I'm going to, I'm going to give this a 2.0. Okay. I, I just thought it was a little below average. Gotcha. Yeah. So must read recommend. Uh, <laughs> I think we both know what we're going to say here. Uh, uh, no one, no. I, I think if you're if you are a completist for uh, Batman and Catwoman interactions, I would point you just for that solo issue of '82, and you can find some nice scenes and uh, panels there if you like to uh, mm-hmm. collect those kind of things. Where if if you want to see her steal the Batmobile, or if you want to see her take Batman's utility belt, I mean, yeah. there, there, there's there's a little bit of fun, fun stuff to be had there, but. 
but beyond that, I, I just I just can't uh, say this is a must read or a recommendation. And yourself? Yeah, I agree. Um, not a must read. Not a not a recommend. You know, maybe this is for completists. If you're a real, if you really want to, you know, maybe you were involved in some of those other storylines and you want to hear, want to read the cleanup. Um, you know, maybe this would be uh, satisfying for you. I just feel like you know they're they're taking one kind of event, cleaning up after one event, and setting the table for the next event, which. RIP is coming. So we're going to be talking about that on the show in upcoming weeks, I think. Sounds good. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Okay. So I think that's all we have on this story. So, um, folks, you know, don't forget to check Chris and I out. We're also on another podcast, The Professor Frenzy Show. Um, by this time, uh, the episode, this episode airs, we're going to be releasing, I think, 19 episodes of The Professor Frenzy Show now. And, uh, that show is about indie comics and some other pop culture topics. And we've been having a really great time. Um, so please check that show out. Uh, the Professor Frenzy Show. You can do a search on iTunes uh, and anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, now, you can see Chris on Twitter. You can see him at BTO and Bat Books. And he's doing some terrific work uh, reviewing the Batman adventures on Batgirl the Oracle, Chris. And also, you had a guest appearance on another podcast. That was awesome. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, I had the fortunate opportunity to talk with Paul Hicks on the DC OCD podcast Mm -hmm. about Kingdom Come by Mark Wade and Alex Ross that came Mm -hmm. out in the 1990s. Mm This was an amazing show where Paul brings in amazing guests, very knowledgeable guests. And when I, when I, he offered me an opportunity to be on the show, I jumped at the chance and I was very flattered to have been asked. And he lives in Australia and I, I'm in the uh, central time zone. So we got the logistics figured out and we, we set up a show and had a great discussion about it. Uh, I, I, I it's always amazing to, to guest on a show and, and talk about comics that you, fondly remember mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun and thanks for bringing up uh, Batgirl to Oracle oh, yeah. uh, reviewing the Batman Adventures title I'm also looking at the Archie Meets Batman 66 yes. that's going on and I also look at Nightwing in a segment within a segment called Nightwatch where I look at the Nightwing title and look at it through a shipper perspective if there's any shipping going on I want to let the listeners know about it mm-hmm. so that's I'm having a lot of fun and I think uh, Stella appreciates it, and I can't thank Stella enough for letting me be on Batgirl to Oracle, where she does a marvelous job recapping all of Batgirl's adventures, past and present, mm-hmm. and throws in some other segments. She's got literature recommendations. She's got some anime recommendations. It's a fine show, so if you're not listening to Batgirl to Oracle, do yourself a favor, download it now, and you won't be disappointed. Jerry, I know you do some outstanding reviews oh, on the BatmanUniverse.net where you can find a lot of written reviews and okay. news with respect to Batman and everything Batman. Jerry, what are you reviewing over there? If I'm not mistaken, it's Batgirl and Catwoman. I, am I correct? Yes, yes, it is. And, you know, I'm, I, the Batgirl run has, has a new creative team and it has gotten really good. I'm really enjoying Batgirl. So, You're not alone. Yeah, in the discussion that I see uh, over on the Discord uh, channel mm-hmm. and uh, on Twitter, yeah, I, everybody's and it's a good time to jump on as yes. well. You know, yeah. So yeah, yeah um, right, right with twenty five. I think it's a good starting point. Uh, you, I can't wait to get your take on these. So I, oh. I am so thankful. You're 
that person that's reviewing these books. So oh. I, I, I'm very, very uh, appreciative that I get to see your thoughts in print. So Jerry, it's outstanding. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm I'm absolutely loving it right now. And you know, I've liked Batgirl over you know since um, Rebirth. I've I've enjoyed um, the book, um, but now it's kind of really kicked it up a notch, and it's it's gotten very very good. And Catwoman too, you know, if you're a Bat Family fan, there's a lot going on with Catwoman. Uh, Joel Jones is doing that run and, uh, you know, folks should check that out if they're Catwoman fans like, uh, like we are. Yeah. Now, Jerry, can uh, listeners find you on Twitter as well? Yes, they can. You can find me at Professor Frenzy on Twitter. And if you go out there, I tweet my weekly comics and talk about, uh, indie comics a lot. And also my adventures trying to make it through Dark Shadows, <laughs> which <laughs> I, uh, was doing a little, uh, airplane flying and I downloaded it from Amazon Prime. I downloaded a couple episodes and got, got a number of episodes in. So I made some good progress with Dark Shadows over the last couple of weeks. And of course, uh, Chris and I both live tweet, uh, horror movies on Saturday night at the hashtag Svengooly out there. And we had a whopper last night. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, Dan Haggerty, Ephraim Simplis Jr., uh, just the cavalcade of stars you can remember with, through the seventies lens. What was it? It came, came from the sky or terror, terror from, from the, the sky. Terror, terror from the sky. Yes. Bees, thank you. Yes. It was a B, yes. a B movie. <laughs> Literally a B movie. <laughs> But I think Rodan is next week. So um, yeah, that, yeah, that's a good, nice mix yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I like a '70s look every now and then, and I I like the old uh, monster movies from Japan. So yeah, uh, Svengooly. Hashtag Svengooly. It's a lot of fun, and it's a very fun and welcoming com- community. So Absolutely. get on board if you're if you're into that. Lots, lots of fun. Yep. Jerry, hey, guess what? We got some feedback from Ooh. some previous episodes. Like what? Well, we heard from Laurel, who's on Twitter at Mountain Flower One, sure. and I got to give a shout out to Laurel because she can be found on the Feathers and Foes, oh, a yeah. Birds of Prey podcast, where she does some excellent recaps, and it's. <laughs> My goodness. Laurel does an outstanding job, Mm -hmm. and it's a discussion with uh, the Birds of Prey title. Mm -hmm. We have more more on Laurel later, but I just want to give some of her feedback a mention here. She begins, gentlemen, I listened to Bat Books for Beginners. Number episode numbers 184 and 187. And just for the reminder to the listeners, episode 184 was where we covered the Black Glove trade paperback. Laurel continues, I'm sorry for being so behind, but here's a few quick thoughts. I'm with Jerry on the Black Glove not being an easy story. Mm. I resent having to do homework, like reading the Black Case book, which I don't own. You definitely have the advantage over me with your knowledge of earlier Batman. I could barely follow these Morrison stories after reading them several times. Mm -hmm. Jerry did a great, and she puts that in all caps, great job writing the summaries. Thank you. The art for the Black Glove arc was hard to follow. I could see what the artist was trying to do with the panel layouts, but perhaps such a dark mystery story wasn't mm. the place to do it. Good point. The second arc, while still confusing, wasn't further hindered by the art. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Jerry, hey, shout out to you, my friend. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you, Laurel. And Laurel continues on episode 187. Now, what episode 187 was the episode that we covered Batman Private Casebook. Yeah. Laurel continues. She states, From what I remember, Dini's run seemed like one-and-done stories, but actually built upon each other quite well. I could swear the suit of sorrows Talia mm-hmm. gave Batman was introduced previously somewhere, but I could be wrong. You know, I think so too, mm-hmm. and I, I just can't remember myself. Laurel continues, I think wearing it was like to test to see if it 
truly influences the wearer. Oh. I like the Zantana Bruce Vibe Denny had going. Mm-hmm. Sugar as the new ventriloquist was properly creepy. <laughs> and Riddler as a freelance detective was a great way to use the character. I agree. Wow. Thank you so much. Jerry, <laughs> your thoughts and impressions on, on Laurel's feedback. I uh, totally agree with her on Riddler as a detective. I love that. And, uh, you know, it's just he... You know, my concept of the Riddler is that he is just trying to – he's always been the smartest guy in the room and it ticks him off that Batman's smarter and he's always trying to impress Batman. And having him as a detective and, you know, instead of being chased all the time and, you know, uh, in danger of being arrested, I think it's terrific. And I I think Riddler – Detective Riddler is, uh, um, you know, Eddie Nigma P.I., is one of my favorite takes on that character. Absolutely. And Laurel, thank you for writing in. We sincerely appreciate it. Uh, If you wish to comment uh, to myself or Jerry on any episodes, probably the best way to do so is over on the TBU website. Mm Mm-hmm where you can leave comments and opinions when an episode drops, or you can certainly reach me on Twitter and direct message me, as Laurel did here. And we really, really can't thank you enough for the feedback. Again, Laurel can be found on the Birds of Prey podcast, where she's joined by the host Ashford and Mark Blair as they talk about issues of the Birds of Prey. Laurel does an excellent and phenomenal job doing the story recaps portion, and I always love her opinions and insights on that show. I highly recommend the Feather and Foes podcast. That's the Birds of Prey podcast, and they're on Twitter, at Feathers and Foes. Great show. Yep, and we had some likes and retweets from the past episode, so Ooh. let me roll them out. <laughs> we heard from Ian Miller at IBM Miller. Hey, Ian did a great job oh, sitting yeah. in for Ed on the Batman Universe comic cast last week. So if you haven't heard that episode... I implore you, go check it out. We heard from Gal Walks Into a Comic Shop at Gal Walks. Hey, Bob reads comics. Barbara is getting into them. That makes for a great podcast. Be sure to check it out. Green Lantern HG at Green Lantern HG. A huge supporter, and we thank you very much. Scott X at The Mind of Scott X. Hicks is my usual name at reading underscore Hicks. Hey, I want to give another shout out and thank you to Paul for having me on the recent DC OCD podcast where we talked about Kingdom Come. Thank you so much. Fred Reads Comics at Comics Fred. Check out the Street Level Floppy Podcast. Great show. Jeff Hunter at Jeff Hunt, 349-11855. Sean Penman at Sam Penman. Excuse me, Sam Penman at Sam Penman 88. Thank you very much. And if I overlook you, my sincerest regrets and deepest apologies. Please contact me on Twitter at BTO and Batbooks or Jerry at Professor Frenzy, and we will be sure to mention you on our next show. Thanks, Chris. Well, that's all we have for today. Please join us next time where Chris and I will cover Batman R.I.P. Heart of Hush, Part 105. My name is Jerry. And I'm Chris. And thank you for listening to Bat Books for Beginners. Walking home at the end of the evening Crime alleys a shortcut through town Got a father and a mother who love me A butler too Mask man you can't believe in 
Capistrano's turned around. The villa has changed. Diego came home to settle down with his padre and madre. He will fence them out and drive them out and chase them out forever. A chill is in the night air, pearls on the ground. Bad books for beginners loading down. Bad books for beginners. Bad books for beginners. Bad books for beginners loading down.